guys, this is your host, Marina. And this is your host, Gabriella. And you're listening to... <sighs> Lemons to Lemonade. Lemons to Lemonade. <laughs> Why do we act so weird when we first start? Because we're still getting in the groove of things. Every time we start the podcast, we're like, I don't know, like adrenaline. We're like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because, like, the setup, like, you have the whole... And it's not just, like, you know, a mic that's on the side. We have a a stand, and it's this professional mic. And uh, it's just... It seems like a whole professional And the fact that that now we, we like... I don't know. We obviously knew that people were listening. Yeah. But because recently we've been receiving a lot of messages from you guys and just, like, how the podcast has helped you. Yeah. Now we're like, oh, they're really listening. People are actually listening. Yeah. Which- yeah. Yeah. I had a couple of friends uh, this past week text me about our last podcast. And I was like, dang, this person's listening. Like, yeah. Now but, I'm like, but doesn't oh, okay. it feel good though? Doesn't it feel good that, you know, even like the whole hour or hour and a half we're taking out of our day and another four or five hours to record it is like paying off? Like it's helping someone else or yeah I, that that just gives me so much for sure it feels really good i guess it's, it was just like i don't know once you think about somebody that you know is listening yeah it's sort of like, like oh my god they're listening to my thoughts yeah my mom listens to all our podcasts really yeah she's just, she's i just have to meet episode. your mom yes soon so today we're going to be talking about what we would tell our younger self or things that we've you know getting older learned throughout the time yeah, like so. basically, what would ourselves now at? I mean, I'm 26. Marina's still a baby. 23. She's only 23. Basically, <laughs> she young. would tell her younger self two years ago. Um, but basically, what we would tell our younger selves and just like overall things that we feel like have learned, like yeah. what things are true, what things aren't true, what we wish we people known. like would tell us or, you know, that we learned yeah. or did. So, yeah, I guess we're going to be talking about our yeah, so kind if of like our childhood. Yeah. And then so if you if you're listening to this and, you know, you're in your early 20s or I mean, it doesn't really matter what age you are. I mean, you might learn something and you're like, oh, wow, that's true. I wish I would have known that. And now I do know it. So hopefully this is impactful and educational in some sort. I think this is going to be very relatable. Yeah. So let's start. What's something that what's the biggest thing? The biggest thing for me. Right. Yeah. The biggest thing for me, and I think it's something that we all deal with, especially I think you start learning this once you graduate college and you want to basically get a car. Everybody learns this, right? When they're yeah. going to get a car or when they're going to get a credit card. Or I'm sorry, not everybody learns this, but everybody learns this lesson mm-hmm. um, is they never taught me like nobody ever taught me how to build my credit score. Nobody yeah. ever sat with me and said, hey, um, you're going to need to do this and this and this with your credit score. Avoid doing this. Don't be late on your payments. I mean, don't be not being late on your payments is kind of like, but there's rules like you have sense. to use a certain percentage of your of your credit uh, limit. Like you can't use the whole credit limit. How often you should pay, how the banks translates that. Uh, you know that if you're late for your payment for 30 days, the bank is not or your the credit bureau is not notified until you pass that. 
So if yeah. you're a, so all that stuff we don't know. And the thing is that I would also like to mention a lot of people be like, well, that's something that your parents are supposed to teach you. Yeah, but our parents did not grow up here. We're all immigrants. I don't even think my parents don't even understand exactly. the credit score. Exactly. Like, what are you talking about? My parents don't know either. And I think some parents do, but not every parent. I would say I think it's a privilege. I, I think I think this is something schools need to teach. This is a class that needs to be taught in high school. Yeah. Hey, this is you need to get a credit card. This is how you build your credit. This is all that. For example, I recently got a car about two years ago. Two years ago, I was 20, mm-hmm. 21, 20. And uh, when I went to get a credit card, I mean, when I went to go get a car, uh, they were like, oh, we need to run your credit, blah, blah, blah. I had only like opened one credit card. Um, I had all these student loans. And so when they opened, they were like, we cannot give you, uh, you know, $40,000 loan for your car when you only have one credit card that's like the limit is like $800. Yeah. So I didn't know any of that. So my mom came and, you know, you had, had to, to get co-sign, a co-sign and stuff like that. So this is all stuff that you do not know. Fortunately, I worked in the car business for a little bit. So I kind of had like a little understanding of what's going on. But for someone who doesn't know any of that, they can easily go all these. Everyone wants to make money. So these car people are trying to make money. They might tell you information that's not correct. So educate yourself when it comes to that point for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even think about that, that, you know, you needed to get a co-signer. But what if your parents, you know, didn't have good credit? Yeah. So then do you not like you can't get a car or you got to buy just a car cash. Or you would have to pay a very, very, very high interest rate that at the end of the day, like if this car is worth $20,000 at the end of your term, you'd realize you paid for a G wagon when you just bought a Toyota Corolla. Like, yeah, honestly, when I was younger, um, I've always wanted to like do things the right way. Like I, I wanted it to be like, I'm going to be responsible. Literally, I've always been that way. Yeah. And it's something that I like and dislike about myself because I like that I'm able to, you know, do things the right way. And so it doesn't bite me in the ass all the time, even yeah. though it still does. Yeah. I feel like even when you're doing your best, there's still something that's going to get you. True. Um, But I also don't like it because I'm, I'm like, I'm such a goody girl. I should just like. You know, you know, when you see other people that they're just like more free, like I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just yeah. do this. Yeah. Let me Even though they, exactly. they know it's not the right thing, but they're like, oh, let me just do it anyway. But I, I think I think when it comes to finances and when it comes to because most of the things I would say that I did not learn growing up or something that I wish I would have known earlier is all f- based on finances. Uh, I don't come from a wealthy family. I don't. My parents never never tell me about money. Actually, in contrary, money is very taboo. We don't really talk about money that much. Like, you don't really... It's just something we don't talk about. It's a very sensitive topic, mm-hmm. which I wish it wasn't. And now that I'm getting financially literate, like, I'm learning more about finances, I'm reading all these books, I'm following all these Instagram pages, I'm learning things. I was like, damn, if I would have known that when I was 18, I would have had you know, saved all this money or done this or done that, my situation would have been different. So yeah. I think for me, I would rather be a, a, a on top of my shit and be like a goody girl like Gabriella. Then, but know. I mean, I'm telling you, I have been that type of person. Yeah. Most of my life. And I still don't have a lot of things together, especially when it comes to my credit score. Yeah. Like my credit score. 
has always been like up and down because I make a mistake and I'm like, damn, I wish somebody told me that. Like I have a couple examples, yeah. right? So nobody tells you that when you're going to rent a place. First of all, I, I've learned a lot of these things like a long time ago, but still these are things that I feel like are common that a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say this because my sister just learned this lesson like three days ago. Okay. And I was like, I had to kind of give her like, I know how this feels. I get it because her, she, she, her credit score got affected because basically when you're going to apply for anything, whether it's a credit card, whether it's a apartment, you're applying to anything that you are going to put your a credit into or anything. Yeah. School. Yeah. Every school time loan. they check your credit, your credit score goes down. And I hate that because why are you checking my credit and I have to suffer for it? Like, why does that even, you how know, does what, that add up? I think what's worse is that if they check your, your credit score and they still choose not to give you whatever it is. So I'll give my sister's yeah. example. So, um, for a while, like I've been the one kind of like taking care, not taking care, but like guiding, paying the bills for my parents. Right. Okay. So, um, I just make sure that they're paid on time, that they have everything, you know, like where it needs to go because they have a lot of other things going on and they don't necessarily understand all the little things you have to be on top of. Yeah. Like making sure um, every single bill is paid on time because a, a couple of days, you know, could like there's already a penalty, a lay fee, fee yeah. or, um, you know, if you forget something, like it's easy to, to not be on top of things, especially when they are at their age running a business. So I've been doing that for them for a while. And so right now my mom is um, wanting to move. She's trying to get a new place. So normally since we're the ones that are going to kind of like be the ones uh, taking care of that and just like making sure all her stuff is paid, we're the ones that have to apply. Yeah. Because we're mostly going to be the point of contact for whoever, you know. She's renting from. Right. So... My sister was like, oh, she's doing it for her this time. And she's never done that because my sister lives in her own house. Yeah. So she did this whole application and I kind of like just got She called me and we went on the phone, which I think is mind blowing because my sister is 30 years old and I'm 26. And she was calling me to give advice about what to do about how to make this application and what things you know to but say that and what not you that there's no age limit in this when it comes to financial knowledge like right because they don't teach you across this. the board a lot of people don't know it no matter what your age is yeah basically it's like you don't learn it until you're faced with it and exactly. because she's never had to rent a place she's never faced this she's never had to learn now she learned after doing all that because basically like two days ago she was like i'm so upset and i'm like why and she's like, because um, they chose someone else. They It was a house, and uh, I guess they had other applicants, yeah. and they chose to go with someone else. But yet they ran her credit, and now her credit they score. They ran her credit, and mm. her credit score went down. And I, and I told her, well, look, your credit score shouldn't go down too much. But still. But it, I know it's still annoying because she's been on top of her credit. So she's like, I just don't think it's fair for them to run my credit if they already have another application that they're looking at. Mm. And I explained to her, well, that's how it works. Basically, when you own a place and you're trying to rent it out, you want to look at all the different applicants that you have. I understand that part. I just don't understand the part that 
why does the credit bureau decrease your credit score for the apartment checking or your the car checking or the credit card check like why is that yeah even a like process? checking should not checking should not uh affect your credit it. score exactly because especially if your credit score isn't good and then now like it's even worse you know yeah. it's like not helping the person which is why i feel like the the system here is very broken because wonder, it's not meant to help i wonder if it's like that in different countries if you're listening and you no. live in a different country dm us let us know because i would love to know if it's like that in different countries. credit score does not exist in honduras oh really that's not a thing i don't i don't, I don't know in egypt i was too young but you know what i was thinking about the other day i was like wow throughout your whole life you are literally attached to a number your school you're attached to a gpa you're in uh, real life, you're attached to a, a, a credit score or your net worth. Like just throughout yeah. your whole life, you're at, your identity is attached to a number. Yeah. And um, as big as, a you know, the credit score, if you have a good credit score, you're able to buy more things. You're able to just do way more than someone who doesn't have a credit score. And I feel like that of is course. something that should be taught in schools that is a class that needs to be taught in schools i i think it's insane that credit score is almost like everything because you can have the money to buy something but yeah. because your credit score is not good the people won't trust you or the bank one right you, yeah and you're like what like that makes absolutely no sense so i would definitely say that there there should be a class on finances yeah that includes not just teaching you about credit score and what good practices and what not you know what are some good practices and what not to do in order to help you build your credit score so by the time you hit your 20s you already have a good enough credit score you you can start building credit when you're a student 18 yeah you know you can get you can start it with your parents but because people don't teach this you don't you're know. not faced with the situation until you're there and that's when it becomes this is gonna very, become very racially but that's how you have the white americans whose parents and family grew up here or they have a better here, education they have a better understanding and their family mm -hmm. knows the system more than brown people like us who know nothing and we're now in a whole different socioeconomical class and it's just we get treated differently and we get looked at like oh you don't have a good credit score but look at this person it just comes into an issue of an education this yeah. should be a common thing taught throughout no matter what your skin color is no matter where you come from no matter where you live it's just that's easy and now that you bring that i really want to bring this topic in because i think it's really important and i i just had a talk with a friend um a couple of days ago and um he has a completely different like view of things okay um than i do and i think it comes with that difference in perception has to do with the fact that I've experienced it and he has not. Mm. So I, I feel like that's a big topic, especially with like everything going on, is that sometimes because we haven't experienced something, um, it's really hard for us to kind of like understand unless you're the type of person that, you know, you're, you're very compassionate or you're very like an empath like yeah. myself, like I'm almost able not to fully understand but i'm able to feel. feel um so we were talking about just kind of like racism and just everything that's going on and how basically racism isn't just about like oh somebody called me the n-word or somebody told me to go back to mexico like it's not just about that mm -hmm. you know it's not about all like the violent crimes and all of that it's also 
just the like in the system itself yeah, it's built and in how it. it's more than what people can see it's not just about like oh there was a racist white person that said this to this other person like no this comes with privilege from years and years and i think it's important for people to really understand because i will i will give you an example of my life right okay so if i will compare my life with my partner ryan's yeah. life ryan grew up in the united states he's okay. a citizen he grew up with i'm sure his parents struggled a lot yeah but because his parents started young in the united states they Understand were able more. to educate themselves more and so they were able to pass on that knowledge to ryan exactly. and even then ryan and his family aren't privileged yeah but they are a little bit more privileged than me yeah because i came with my parents already with zero knowledge right with no knowledge of how to live here they were already older it wasn't like they had the time or the ability to get educated they needed to work to pay bills exactly so by that time they my parents never helped me with my homework i was gonna say like we were talking earlier i saw this thing that said when i was 12 or 11 i was out here helping my parents with government papers and right. documents so i was out here helping my mom fill out like you know what i mean like yeah. at the hospital like and you're what? reading this and you're like i don't know what any of this is like how am i supposed to understand any of this and so like you were saying instead of the parents teaching you how to you know all this stuff that we don't learn in school on how to set up your life you're out here helping your parents helping yourself and helping them exactly. yeah exactly so yeah okay keep going so i i basically just in that comparison of of life right yeah just the fact this is i'm talking about privilege and just living in america yeah that's the first privilege i'm talking about mm -hmm. living in Growing a third world country and then living in america is a privilege yeah but people don't understand that privilege because they th this is all they know yeah but when you're somebody that's coming from another country who had to basically learn in a, a whole new system not only learn but now you're helping your parents and now you're helping yourself I was never able to be like, hey, mom, can you help me with my science homework or my math homework? Of course not. One, my mom didn't understand it. Two, they didn't even have the time. They probably were at work. Yeah. So I had to teach myself. There was no, you know, I couldn't get a, it wasn't a like, tutor. Me, let me get you a tutor. Or, yeah. Yeah. There wasn't any of that because we're poor and that doesn't exist for poor people. Poor people just need to figure it out with whatever means they have and so when you're getting older not only are you poor but now you have a bad credit score because nobody ever taught you now your finances are all fucked up because nobody taught you and where do you stay down there right some people are not going to college because they don't have the money to do it so now it's harder for them to get a job and not only is that true for many immigrants that come here but that's many true for many black people or many people that are people uh, that are that are poor people that are living in these neighborhoods that don't have you know like you see the big difference right you go to a white neighborhood with like mansions what, what do they have they have great houses they have great schools they have great hospitals what are, what, what about if you go to a, a poor neighborhood where there's people of color where there's black people the schools don't have enough money to educate the students well yeah. they don't even have money for books they don't have money for computers and now yeah. uh, nowadays you need computer for everything yeah 
the the hospitals they don't have enough money to care about every single patient they don't care about black people and colored people as much as they do why because we don't have the money to back it up and that is a system that comes from years and years the fact that that there's you know let's say i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go out of on a limb here and say okay let's say that i was a white person born here in america and I don't know, like my family has lived here for years, yeah. right? My grandparents, my great-grandparents. So my parents are, I have my, my, my dad is a lawyer and my mom is a doctor. Do you think no, the, the opportunities that I have are not going to be better? Oh, wait. Not better. just because they had a better education, but because the opportunity to, to a better education was there. And that's the, that's the difference. Many people that are immigrant or black or whatever the fuck, if they're coming from other places that are poor or that have lived here, but that are poor, some of them are not choosing to not get an education because sometimes that choice is not even there. Yeah. I didn't have the choice to go to college. That was not an opportunity that was presented to me. And I decided not to do it like many white people do or many other people do. You know, it's about the the opportunity being there. Yes, there's and this was the kind of like the conversation because he was saying that some that some white people they they just like educate their their, their kids. kids better and they just make better choices. But it goes back to the same thing. Yeah. It goes back to the opportunity being there. If the parent didn't have the opportunity, it's hard for the parent to give that opportunity to the kid and so on and so forth. And so Unless you have experienced that, it's really hard to understand. And that's why I feel like it's important for people that haven't experienced that to educate themselves. So they can and really educate understand. their kids and educate generations. So you break that generational curse. Right. Um, yeah. And, sta- and stand for those organizations and those people who are fighting and understand their anger and their pain. You know, like I'm not black and I will never be able to know what it feels like to be black in America. But. I know what it feels like to be an immigrant and I know sure it fucking sucks. So I know for, you know, like I don't have a doubt in my mind that it sucks even more for them. Yeah. So for that reason, that's enough reason for me to be like, you know what? I'm going to stand with them. I'm going to fight with them. I'm going to be as angry as them. And I think that for any other person that is more privileged, that needs to be understood. And even if it's not something that you experience. It's like you don't need a degree to understand that. Yeah. Like this is common sense. You know, there are people that have more more opportunities and there are people that have less. Yeah. And it comes with generation and generation. And I feel like that's something not a lot of people acknowledge is that, like you said, when it comes to things that we did not learn growing up or things that we wish we would have learned growing up, a lot of people might look at you and be like, well, it's kind of your fault. You should have learned it. And it's like, no, like you have to acknowledge the fact that it wasn't, I wasn't aware that this is something. I wish I was aware. Even if my parents didn't teach me, I wish I was aware of things that I know now about real estate, about credit score, about freaking buying a house, about taxes. I wish I was aware back then so I can educate myself to where, you know, now that I'm 23, I 
can buy my first property or whatever it is Mm -hmm. but i feel like more people need to acknowledge that we cannot categorize people based on their color but we have to be compassionate with the people of color because you have to understand where they're coming from why they're going through what they're going through the reason why an apartment building will choose a person who is white rather than a person of color is because they already have the preconception that probably has a better score probably has their shit together probably has a stable income compared to a person of color who probably didn't grow up learning about any of this stuff so it's probably struggling which i understand as a person of business you want someone who will be able to pay you but that should be but there's already an assumption before anything exactly even and we've also seen it as well with people who are educated because yeah. we're not going to act like there aren't immigrants who aren't educated or black yeah. people who aren't yeah. but even then when you are those people who are educated who have what it takes who has the money who has the credit score who has done you know like who's broken everything and been able to still achieve things and there's still gonna be you know what i mean there's it's, still gonna be something it's just easy as that it's stereotypical yeah you're still gonna have less chances than someone else maybe that person i don't know knows somebody that works there yeah maybe they're friends with their dad maybe you know there's always something that you know will 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 put the other people on top of you exactly yeah and that's common sense i feel yeah well let's move on to the next big thing uh, me and Gabby were just talking about this and it's taxes. She's right now doing her taxes and I can tell she's been <sighs> frustrating for the past. How long has it been? Like a week, week and a half now? Yeah, I mean, a tax day was Wednesday, so I already finished them. But Yeah, but she's she's been doing them and every time she's like, bro, I have not gotten up, I haven't eaten, I've just been doing my taxes. So tell us about this process for you as a business owner and independent doing your own taxes Mm. what have you learned what you wish you would have known sooner uh and any advice you can give the people listening so i have been doing my taxes on my own for like three years now okay but i think this year i learned that i don't want to do them anymore got it i learned that i need to hire an accountant (laughs) Because, oh my God, it is so stressful. And I think if I was a little bit more knowledgeable on QuickBooks, if I just like knew the ins and outs of QuickBooks, it would probably would have been a lot easier for me. But because I don't, it was just very difficult. It, It just, it was really time consuming. And also... I kind of like let it be something I did towards the end, you know, like I I left it for last minute Mm -hmm. uh, because I do so many different things Yeah. that I was like, oh, yeah, I got to do that. I got to do that. And then I kept putting it off. And then I was like, oh, we got an extension. All right. I got another two months or whatever. And then the last month I was like, all right, I really need to do this, you know, so it's procrastination and, you know, like the mistake was not hiring someone. Okay. basically. But. What are what is something a tip you give to a business owner doing their taxes? What's the biggest tip to, to give your business? A business the biggest owner? tip is to um, keep your account separate. Oh my god! In the beginning, I would just kind of use like my personal account for everything, okay. and that was a nightmare mm. uh, because now you have to go through transactions for all different things that you do, and so it's really difficult to know like 
oh, what is this for? I don't remember. Oh, this is for this business. And like now you have to categorize everything a lot differently. So it's a lot easier when you have an account for each thing. So I, I have three accounts. So I have an account for my Personal? Instagram, like yeah. my Instagram income and like social media work income. And then I also do my personal stuff there. So all my personal expenses a lot of times are business expenses because they're things that I'm doing for social media. Yeah. You know, like props you're buying. Yeah. It, it just becomes a personal thing at the same time. Um, then I also have an account for my app and then I have an account for ABO. Mm -hmm. So with having everything separately, it's easier for us to like tackle each account for each yeah. thing because we know all the transactions on ABO are ABO transactions. Yeah. I'm not here guessing like, oh, was this for the app or was this for this, you know? So keeping it separately is great. And also uh, getting an accountant that can do your taxes quarterly and that can, you know, you want to do this monthly. You Every month you want to go through your QuickBooks and go through all the transactions of that month, categorize them and boom. Every month you do that, by the end of the year, you should be good to go. Yeah to get your taxes done very easily. But if you wait and now you have to do like the whole year or you have to categorize transactions from January, you may not remember what those things were for. Um, and also like just keeping receipts. Like I yeah. always keep, at least for like the big transactions that I have, I always keep all the receipts and like the POs uh, to make sure that like if I... Because, you know, at any time, the IRS could be like, hey, we're going to audit you because something didn't look right. You have yeah. to be able to back up every Proof. transaction yeah. and every expense. So that's something that I, I do a good job at. But definitely, I'm I'm going to get an accountant for this yeah. year because I'm not doing that again. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, My advice would be go on Google or YouTube. Now TikTok, I see a lot of, you know, accountant giving tips because you never know who's, who you're hiring and how knowledgeable you are. There is so many tips and tricks on the internet. So I would say, make sure you do your research, make sure you utilize the internet and YouTube mm -hmm. because we are so blessed to be living in a time and an era where everything is literally at your fingertips. And even though, like we said, we've been complaining that you don't learn these things at school, you can literally learn it now on your own. And that's how you set yourself apart. And that's how you elevate your life. Yeah. So that's when it comes to taxes. Um, let's talk about saving. I feel like that's something not a lot of people learn. And that's something that I wish oh God, I would have no. done earlier. I don't think like, yeah, but I don't think my parents really taught me to save. Like they may have been like, save your money. But, you but know, they but didn't. not like how. Yeah, I think my mom is better at savings than my dad. Like my dad has that itch that whenever he has money, he's like, "What Let's can I? Buy stuff. What can I do with this?" And like he honestly, he's honestly like smart at making money. Like he'll, he won't spend it on dumb things, but like he'll be like, "Okay, um, let's say he has he has money, and then like there's a car that he thinks he can turn around. Like he'll do it, you know? Yeah. Like he'll get a car and like flip it and like." sell it and just fix the car well my dad is like uh mechanic. some mechanic so he'll just like fix it all up and then sell it but but it's like my mom is like why every single time though can't you just let some money be there <laughs> yeah you know but yeah I, I think other than that um oh my god i actually have a story time okay tell us 
So when I first moved to LA, I was about 11, 12. And this is like my first memory of me actually ever saving, right? Okay. So I basically was living at my uncle's house. And I would walk to my school. I used to go to Griffith Middle School. Mm -hmm. That's in East L.A. So I would walk to my school. So I'd come back. Sometimes my uncle would be there with, like, friends and stuff. So um, I remember he had this one friend. I can't remember his name, but um, he told me, like, a tale, right? He told me a story about this homeless guy, right? And I was like, okay, tell me about this homeless guy. He's like, yeah, there's this homeless guy. Because he, he gave me 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. And he was like, there's this homeless guy that somebody gave him $20, right? Like, you know, he was asking for money in the street. He took those $20 and bought a pair of shoes that were, like, cheap or whatever. Yeah. And he fixed them up and he sold them for $20 or for $40 or something like that. Yeah. And basically, like, he was, like, making making up money from, from like, just, like, the same donation that people gave him. And, like, he was able to, like, save up money, right? And I was like, oh, wow, that's so inspirational. My 12-year-old ass, like, I was like, that is so cool. Like, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I don't even remember the whole story about the homeless guy, but it was basically like the homeless guy stopped being homeless and did something for himself, right? I was like, oh, that's so motivating. And so he gave me his $20, and I remember that I started saving, like, anything. If my mom gave me $5, I was saving it. Yeah. I was saving it all up. And so... I don't remember where I was keeping the money, but I just like was stashing it somewhere. And then I had saved up like I think I had like 80 or 90 dollars. Again, I was 12, right? Yeah, at that time, you think eighty nine dollars? Ninety dollars is like, is how, like oh my what you could buy, how much candy you could buy. With yeah, no. I was sense. so happy that I was like, oh my god, I felt rich, bro. So I remember I went with my cousin to like some store and we bought a wallet. They were oh. like, it was just a store. Mm -hmm. And like, I was like, oh, I saw this really cute wallet. And I was like, oh, I, I want it was Betty Boop because I, mm, I, I was obsessed with Betty Boop. So I like bought this Betty Boop wallet and I was like, I'm going to save. I'm going to put my money here. Like now I have a place for my money. So I put my money in the wallet. Right. What I once we got home and the next day I went to school and I forgot my wallet and I left it like in my cousin's room. Oh, I thought you left it in, in school. Someone stole it. No, I just like left it in the room, whatever. Tell me how I came back. I couldn't find the wallet. <gasps> I never found All the wallet. All my hard earned money. All my hard earned money was what did stolen from me. She said that she didn't know. Nobody knew. Somebody stole my money in the house. I don't think it was my family. I don't think it was my sisters because my sisters would never take a dollar for me. Aww. Like that's never been a thing. Nobody yeah. ever loses stuff in, in our house. So I was like, hmm. Suspicious. Suspicious. Yeah. Ever since then, I've always been like super iffy about them. But I'm like, my damn $90, man. Like I worked so hard to save that. And it was I can gone. only imagine. I mean, growing up, my parents have told me save, 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 save. But they've never sat down with me and they're like, okay. I got my first job at 14, everybody. So I started making money at 14. And ever since, I've always had a job. And But my parents have always told me, save, save, save. But they never sat down. They're like, all right, this is how much like percentage you should save. This is how much. Also, I learned that through the internet. And if there's an advice I can give you listening to this, and if you are trying to save but you don't know how, I would say, let's say if you make $2,000, take at least 50% of that 
and save it. So don't spend and then whatever you have left, save. But save and then whatever you have left from whatever you're saving, mm -hmm. that divided up on your spending. So whatever, let's say if you do make the $2,000, you take $1,000, put that in your bank account, put that in a wallet, a Betty Boop wallet, put that in a safe space. And then that other $1,000, see how much your bills are. Let's say you have a car payment that's like $200. And then whatever is left, you say, okay, I do want to go on a vacation. All right, I'm going to save $10 every month for that vacation. Or I want to buy a watch, then I'm going to save it. So start separating. Mm -hmm. And then whatever is left, use that to go out or eat. I'm just using a small example for math purposes. But that's how you should save. So whatever you make, take an amount of it first, at least 50%, and put that aside. And at the end of the year, you'll realize you'll have like $12,000. Or so if you That's what I do. Like I just basically take everything on my checking and putting on my savings yeah and i always just make sure that my checking has at least a thousand dollars yeah and then i move everything because otherwise it's like the money's there so you just swipe swipe, swipe and, and then you're yeah, like damn exactly and i would also say like she was saying do not leave a lot of money in your checking because it's so easy when you have a card to just swipe it's plastic you don't really realize how much you're spending and next thing you know you're swiping and your card de gets declined and you're like where did my money go so yeah. a big advice i would say is if you get paid if you get direct deposit or something take that money out and put it somewhere else but do not leave it in your card if you're trying to save that's my yeah. biggest Bas advice basically just leave whatever you know you need for your bills so yeah. like if you have automatic payments like just make sure you have that and then the rest, just put it away. Exactly. So that's when it comes to money and savings. It gives you like a second to think because like I'll do, I will have the money. I mean, I'll have the money in my savings and I could still use it. But now I have to like go and make a transfer. And like that makes me think about it, you know, because yeah. it's like an extra step I got to do. And so then it makes me like think, okay, do I really need this? Do I really need to get this? And if not, then at least you have some time to think about it instead of just buying from impulse. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that I've been... So I read a book called uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I totally, totally, totally recommend that book. It's easy to read. Ugh, I tried reading that book and I couldn't. Really? It was so boring. I can't. Well, okay, so beginning of this year... I <laughs> Sorry, told... I just like shit it on your no, book. No, no, no. Well, it's... it's there's, a, there's a lot of books out there on finances. As a person who, like I said, I didn't, you know go to business school my parents never really taught me and sat down with me and taught me about how to be rich mm -hmm. and that is something that i see myself in the future being and that is something i want to be i want to be rich and money will not just come to me i have to learn how to make it of course. and i would recommend reading educating yourself and not make excuses for yourself so this book i read I really liked it because it gives you examples. It opens your eyes to things that most people wouldn't know unless they're, they were educated about it. So when it comes to building wealth or like we said, everything, saving, having credit score, buying a house, buying a car, all that, the biggest thing is being more cautious and conscious of your spending. That is the biggest thing. Girl. I was talking to Gabby the other day and when she was telling me about her tax, she was like, dude, I just realized that I went to Starbucks 60 times. You do not realize how much stupid stuff you spend your money on. So 60 times on that account, girl. Cause <laughs> yeah. And that's why I was like, this is ridiculous. And the thing is like, 
sometimes you can sit down and be like, where did my money go? Like, I didn't buy anything huge. I didn't buy a computer. I didn't buy clothes. Like, where did my money go? And it's always on little stuff. Like, oh, let me spend $7 on this. Oh, let me spend $10 Coffee. meal. Coffee is like the most common thing exactly. that people spend the money on. So biggest thing is be conscious of your spending realize what you're and this is advice for myself too because i'm trash when it comes to that but this is something i wish i would have realized earlier this is something i wish i would have been taught is be more cautious be more conscious and cautious of your spending and don't just you know flaunt your money and like oh i'm gonna go buy a gucci belt because i just got paid now i have 500 dollars that i can spend nobody cares about your gucci belt nobody cares about your freaking louis vuitton purse i know it makes us feel good that you know you're walking around with something that's expensive Mm -hmm. but girl there's so much fake out there that look exactly like they're real that's quarter of a shit price. we were just talking about it the other day yeah. we were like the fuck and i'm the not spending is, four thousand dollars on a bag i'm sorry that's just not me and the thing is if you go i see this all the time on the accounts that i follow on instagram they always get a picture of like jeff bezos or uh warren buffett or all these billionaires millionaires and guess what you will never see them like wearing a gucci belt or 10 chains just they do not spend their money on that take that money that you would spend on the gucci belt and invest it or save it and that's what i recommend so do your research where it comes to where you should put your money but be cautious and be conscious of of where that money goes i agree um i wanted to talk about i mean i agree even just like the the little things like you were saying like buying coffee yeah so i have a friend that literally spends 20 dollars a day on coffee and i was like but what is it about that coffee and he's like it's just really good and like i try to make it home i yeah i just drive there and i get my coffee every day and he says he spends 20 dollars every day and if you really think about that that's seven thousand three hundred dollars a year damn $20 a day, fucking $7, coffee yes and you know what like okay i probably spent at least like a thousand two thousand dollars a year on coffee because i like to go to starbucks but i don't go to starbucks every day yeah i go every now and then like if i'm running errands i'm like i need a starbucks drink to kind of like keep me alive through the day yeah i've been a lot better but i used to be so much worse i used to drink uh, starbucks all the time so i feel like now i'm starting to be like a lot better at you know just like not going for any reason you know like coffee is like something that you can make at home yeah and this coffee that i can make at my house will be like 30 cents yeah like not even you know yeah so and not just the coffee but like other things like you were saying things that give us instant gratification um you know wanting a car this is like the biggest thing i'll say I could get myself a very expensive car. Yeah. Like people have been like, oh, well, because I'm currently about to get a car. They're like, well, what kind of car do you want to get? And I'm like, I don't know, like a SUV or something. Because my biggest thing right now is that you want I space. used to have a Dodge Challenger and I never had enough space when I was like picking up things or Every buying Every time things. we'd go somewhere and like, let's say we have someone else with us and, we're, and like someone has to in the back. It was just a struggle. It was too much. So. I like I was like, okay, I'm getting older. I need a bigger car that if I go to fucking Target and I want to buy a chair, I could take it home with me. Yeah. Or like, you know, for 
your uh, inventory if you're trying to move it if you're trying to yeah. get if you're trying to go to the warehouse any of that stuff you need to be able to put that in your car yeah, yeah like we we're constantly having to like rent a pickup or something and i'm like i just at least i'm still gonna probably have to rent pickups and stuff or trucks but i at least i want an suv so people have been asking me like what kind of car i'm getting and i think people just like they just like think that I'm looking for like a, a Range, Range Rover or like, like a G wagon or whatever. And I'm like, I'm looking at a fucking Toyota. Like yeah. I'm looking at a Ford edge. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not trying for what? Yeah. For what? Honestly, like really for what? I think when I was younger, when I first got my car, I used to think that way. I yeah. used to be like, man, I just want a nice car. My first car ever was a Hyundai Elantra. It was like a super little car I bought and it cost me like a thousand dollars. And I used to be like, man, I would look at other cars and I'm like, man, I wish I had a nicer car. Then I got a nicer car. Right. And then I got a Dodge Challenger. And then I was like, I don't give a fuck about a nice car. I just need a fucking car that takes me from point, point A, a to, to point, point B. B. Yeah. And I obviously I don't want like a fucking 1997, you know, Camry. But I am okay with getting a car that is not like super flashy. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because my first car when I got my license at sixteen, so I was very prominent as like once I turned sixteen, I want my car, I want a car, and my parents were like, no, and I was like, no, I want a car. So I went on Craigslist, I found a nineteen ninety two Toyota Camry, <laughs> and I bought it. It was I think it was like a thousand two thousand dollars. It was really cheap. Yeah, but at that time. That's expensive because, you know, I'm That's I all you have. that exactly. Yeah. So I bought the car and I remember I would go to high school with it and I thought I was so cool, you know, <laughs> going in with my 1992 Camry and I used to play basketball. So I was on the basketball team and sometimes we would have games and we would have to go to a different school. But like, let's say the school didn't have a bus for us to take because the school wasn't that far. So I would drive. And at some point, my 1992 Camry the brakes weren't working, and when you take it on the freeway and you go above 60 miles an hour, it starts to vibrate. <laughs> and I she remember my friends were like, were like, oh, who's driving to... Pa it was in Pasadena, the game, and they were like, who's driving to Pasadena? And I was like, I'll drive with my car. So I take this this 92 Camry right on the freeway, and all you hear, everyone in the back is like holding, and it's like... Oh, my God. And the brakes are like... They they were like very sensitive, and I was like, oh, shit. Now that I'm thinking about it, sh terrible decision. Should have not done that. But after that, I was like, I need a car. I love big cars. I just just love being higher than the floor than the ground everybody else it just i feel more confident driving mm -hmm. so i got a 2002 pathfinder that car was so nice so spacious so beautiful but every time you turn it on a big ass smoke cloud would come out of it like that and it would mm. it was broken the okay. it had a oil leak and to fix it was more than what the car costed so i never fixed it so for two years everywhere i'd go it was so embarrassing gabby i would turn it here comes marina her fucking smoky ass car and the thing is like if there's someone standing next to the car i remember this one time i was getting downstairs from an apartment and i was trying to turn it on but these people were standing right next to the car and i had to be like hey do you guys have to move because once i turn this car on <laughs> smoke is gonna come out but the thing is i never really like cared like a lot of people made fun of me for it but mm. for me i never really cared it didn't bother me because i liked the car and it made me feel good driving it mm -hmm. um and it didn't really give me issues until like later on but i never thought i was like oh my god i should totally you know uh, go lease a car and spend money every month on a car it wasn't till i 
got older, made more money where I can afford it. And so don't jump into it. Don't just be like, oh, just because I make $6,000 a month, now let me go spend $2,000 on a, on a G-Wagon just because I'm making yeah. more money. Or It's ridiculous. Yeah. It just makes absolutely no sense. And I I think that, like, even my last car, the payment wasn't high, but I was like, I want to pay even less than that. Exactly. Because I just rather see that money in my account than, like, yeah. be flashy with a car. Honestly, and even the Toyotas that I've been seeing or the Ford, they're nice cars. Yeah. They're not like, oh, my God, who's that chick driving that G-Wagon or that, you know? Yeah. But it, I don't care because at the end of the day, people stare at me anyway, so I don't need a car for that. <laughs> okay, boo-boo, okay. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I know, I know so many people, especially, like, the fact that I'm in the influencer world and in the industry. It's your image, but... It's like everybody in my industry buys, like, expensive bags. Luxury, not yeah. that I don't want it. I'm not saying I don't want a Louis yeah. bag. I would love a Louis bag. I would love a Gucci VH bag. gate. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would love all those things. Yeah. I just, like, my priorities in the way that they're set up won't allow me to spend four thousand dollars on a bag like i just i i I can't yeah i'm like what the fuck what for you know i just i don't think that that bag is gonna like really change my life so i would rather take that four thousand dollars and put it into avo or put it in my savings you know or put it in what wherever i feel like there's so many other places where it could go Rather than buying a purse that's just going to sit in my closet and maybe I'll wear it a couple times. And maybe some people are going to look at me and be like, oh, wow, she has a Gucci bag. Oh, whatever. That doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. I'd rather fucking get my $20, $30 purse from Marshalls or yeah. from like fucking misguided and still look cute. Like I, all the little bags that I have, they're super cute. Yeah. They're not designer, but they're super cute and they do what I needed to do. And that's all I need. Yeah. And how many times have I gotten something nice or have I got something nice and it's nice in the beginning and then it's like you're over it. You lose that. Exactly. You're like, okay, what's next? You know, like what else am I going to get? So don't spend your money on that. I wanted to say this quote that my mom once told me and then I later realized that Jay-Z also said that. And if you don't know, uh, Jay-Z is one of the richest um, men in Hollywood. So he said, who's not going to (laughs) know Well, Everyone knows what Jay-Z is Beyonce's husband. If you don't know. So the quote is, if you can't buy it twice, you can afford it. So I've, I would say that at some point I've lived by that. So after saving, like we just talked about, after taking that money and saving it, if you want something and you realize that you cannot buy it twice, do not buy it because you cannot afford it. So if you live by this, you realize that you are saving so much money. So again, if you cannot buy it twice, you can't afford it. And that's on period. Facts poop. (laughs) We're so weird. So after, you know, a couple of things that we've been saying, what would you, Marina, what would you do? (laughs) What would you advise and what would you tell your younger self? I think my biggest advice I would give my younger self is... It's not all about spending. It's more about saving mm-hmm. and investing. I wish I could learn more about investing. I wish I could learn more about saving. And 
Do you feel like you know more now? Uh, not not enough. No, I mean, for a little bit, I worked for a company who uh, they were big into cryptocurrency. For anyone who doesn't know what cryptocurrency is, it's like Bitcoin and Ethereum, all that like stuff. And I don't know anything about that. And this guy I'm I worked with, this guy I worked with, I think he invested like a hundred dollars, and within a year, that company turned that hundred dollars into five hundred thousand dollars. And so I educated myself more on that. But I feel like I've got way more education to do when it comes to investing and, and saving and all that financial literacy stuff. So my biggest advice that I would give myself or I wish I knew is read more, educate yourself. Just because it's not taught in school doesn't mean you need to learn it. Uh, actually, just because it's not taught in school, it means that you have to learn it. Because the education system, in my opinion, isn't taught to elevate you. It's taught to just teach you the basics. Like, to be honest, whatever I learned in high school when it comes to science, math, and, and English, and history, is cool and all. But it did not teach me anything when it comes to finances and wealth and all that stuff that people who are millionaires and billionaires preach. So if I could go back in time, I would read more about finances and um, try to implement it more in my life. I feel like if I would have started then, by now, I would have... Be a little bit more yeah. advanced. So yeah, if I can, if I can go back and... and if I can go back in time and read more, educate myself more, I feel like I would be in a whole different situation right now in my life. But the good thing is, it's never too late. You're never too old. I'm only in my early 20s. I know a lot of people who didn't start their success or their wealth or any of that until their mid-40s or 30s. So if you're listening to this, it's not too late. Start now. And yeah, what about you? I think, yeah, basically almost everything that we've been saying, just learning more about my credit score. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my credit score is just something that I always struggle with and like anything can just fuck it up. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I wish I, I mean, even then, like I really couldn't do much different because I was illegal. <laughs> Yeah. So I couldn't even start it earlier, but I wish that I, I would have like learned a little bit more about it before I even started it. And I think also what we were talking about, like instant gratification, because I think back then I did care about, you know, like having the nice, the newer phone and having the nicer car yeah. and having like just like nice clothes. And I think I was kind of raised like that for mm. a while because when I was younger, I always had like the best clothes and like nice things because my parents were able to give me that yeah and so i got used to that so when i didn't have it i was like oh my god who am i you know what i mean i don't yeah. have any of this stuff so i wish i could just kind of like go back and i mean i feel like even if i went back and told myself i probably wouldn't believe it you know because yeah. you know like when older people give you advice and we're like yeah yeah whatever and then we get older and we're like damn that's what my mom meant like yeah. that's that's what my dad was talking about and now that i'm older I feel like I have so many of those moments where I'm like, oh, wow, that's what my mom yeah, meant. Exactly. Like, that's why my mom was always mad at my dad when he wasn't cleaning after himself or like, that's why my dad was always frustrated with my mom or like, you know, things yeah, like that yeah. or like you don't understand anything. when you're younger. But now that you're older, you, your eyes are more open. Yeah, you understand. Yeah, more. I get the stress. I understand why they were stressed yeah. because now I'm the one who's stressed. You know, yeah. every day I'm like, I can't be living 
my life so stressed. I mean, I always, I almost feel like I choose to be stressed because like I choose to like work so much. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. It's like a balance where I'm like, I want to be stress free because I want to live longer. But at the same time, it's hard. I'm not going to live longer if I'm broke. So exactly. Well, speaking of stress, we just posted in our story on the Lemon Lemonade Show Instagram. We said, don't forget to rest and do your self-care. You can't pour from an empty cup. So that's also important. Facts. I had an empty cup a couple of days ago. You can't pour from an empty cup. What do we do? What do we do on my day off? On my day, not my day. It wasn't my day off. It was, it was basically I woke up and I was so stressed and so sad. And I was like, what is going on with me? The exact opposite of what we're preaching. Literally. We went shopping. <laughs> yes, we went shopping. But I think it was self-care because. Yeah. The thing is, everything we bought was like it wasn't a want; it was a need. Yes, no, no, not none of us bought anything that we weren't actually gonna use. Yeah, yeah, and none of us splurged either. Like we kept it at a minimum, and it was like, all right. I think I spent fifty bucks that day. I spent three hundred dollars. I think that's okay for me. You know, that's not like really going overboard. And I actually don't ever just go shop for no reason. Like I never do that. Yeah, I, I always go f- with a reason, you know? Yeah, you were saying, like, I don't remember the last time I bought myself something. So Right. Yeah. So with that being said, make sure you do take care of yourself, educate yourself, learn, because if you do not, nobody else will teach you, especially when it comes to stuff like that. Um, we hope that... There's so much info, too, like... Out there, yes. Honestly, like, all the things that I've learned are things that I've learned from doing them and um, just, like, reading, like... It's honestly crazy to me. Like the, the other day, it, it, it made me feel kind of good. I'm not going to lie. Um, it made me feel good because I feel like I am the kind of I am the person that like a lot of friends or even family members call for advice, mm. whether it's like a personal thing or it's like a business thing. Yeah. And recently I've been getting a lot of business advice, like a lot of questions about it. And it made me feel so good. Honestly, I was like, OK, your girl got her shit together. So if you do have These any people questions, are probably like, people are probably listening like, oh, my God, I'm never calling her for advice again. No, but if you do have if you're listening and you do have any questions, DM us. We always respond to your DMs. We always we would love to help in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And we'll we'll answer them here on the podcast. Like I'm constantly giving out advice and it's really just like none of these things that I know are because like I'm smarter. It's because. I have gone through it. Yeah. You know, experience is like the best thing to learn something. And I've made some mistakes and learned from them. So if I can share any knowledge that I've learned with anyone, whether it's from like having a business and the do's and don'ts or I don't know whether it's social media or personal yeah. advice, like I'm constantly always willing to give it because you know, I'm here to make the mistakes so you don't, basically. So, yeah, like, treat us like your sisters. Uh, DM us, ask us any questions. And with that being said, if you've made it this far through the episode, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you guys follow us on our Instagram at Lemons to Lemonade Show. And our personal Instagrams at 20 Marina and at Gabriella Bandy. And also follow ABO Active because we just released some new face masks and they're super bomb. And also, new, it's for a good cause. And also, you need to stay safe. And new drop coming soon. So, yeah. With that being said, always remember when, when life, life gives, gives you lemons, you, you make, make lemonade. lemonade. See you next time. Okay.